Welcome to Humanize IT, where technology experts meet to discuss business strategy, industry trends, how we can make IT more personal with conversations, not presentations, and occasionally engage in a laugh or two. All right, so we are trying a new format today, people. Uh, StreamYard has been like our new tool and... You know, we've been we've been doing Zoom and a couple other things for a while, and then we moved over to like Zencaster, and uh, you know, now we use Streamyard for like our webinars and stuff. And like, all of a sudden, Richard's like, "Hey, why aren't you using that for recording yeah. your podcasts?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, we could do that." And no. so here we are uh, testing it out with uh, analysis paralysis, which I think is funny because. Uh, we were sitting here this morning thinking like, what are we going to do for a podcast today? I, I have no idea. And like, wow, no, my brain's going in too many directions. You know, Skip's like, I can't think of anything. And I said, nope. well, what a better day for analysis paralysis. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it's a topic that, um, we kind of hint on occasionally and it's, how do you get out of it? Like you're sitting there and you have so many things in front of you that you just jump from fire to fire to fire to fire mm-hmm. or thing to thing to thing to thing. And like, how do I get out of that firefighting mode? But there's there's more to it than that. There's this analysis paralysis feature of your day where you're so busy focused on things that you don't give it that strategic thought yeah. of how do I get out? So you have to stop as as much <laughs> as it it's not intuitive you have to stop doing things for like an hour or 20 yeah. minutes. I get out of analysis paralysis by using my calendar. By using? I, you can tell I am getting yeah. stressed when my calendar yeah. gets super duper organized. <laughs> well, for me, analysis paralysis is, it's a very mixed bag. All right. And, and I, definitely struggle from that. Anybody who's worked with me over the years knows that I am a, I'm a poster child for analysis paralysis. Um, and, and I do, you know, realize and see the problems with that, but here's the, the, the hidden, the, the dirty little secret. That's the golden gem analysis paralysis sometimes produces some really cool stuff. Um, you know, it's these deep dives for me personally, and, and I think maybe there might be other people out there that justify incorrectly, but justify analysis paralysis with, you know, some of the outcomes. Yesterday was a great example. All right. You 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 sparked the fire, Adam, when you sent out uh, a link to one of our tools on the back end, started a conversation with the devs and like, hey, here's this feature. And I saw that. And I went, oh, yeah, you know, you got me sidetracked. And because my brain started kind of going, I went to another place and thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, And, you know, here we are. It was late in the day, but, you know, it was like an hour and a half later. And I am three layers deep in this, just, you know, going every which way. Now, my justification on this, and might not be entirely right, but I ended up with a really, really solid nugget of great stuff. So, you know, I'm looking forward to how we're going to be able to capitalize on that. But at the same time, here's the realization in that hour and a half or whatever that I was just spinning out and doing, you know, all this stuff. What didn't I do? What what was top of should have been top of mind that didn't get taken care of right. 
And I think, you know, getting out of the analysis paralysis mode, that's what you have to do. You're analyzing stuff. It's valid. Your, your efforts, you know, your, your critiques on that are valid, but you have to put that in context of what, what do we need to do right now? And, and that's, it's sounds so easy, right? But man, that is a challenge for me. Oh, I can't hear you, Adam. Are you muted? I was drinking my coffee. Didn't want to hear there. slurping on the, on the podcast. Um, that that realistic skip talked me into this amazing keyboard that's super loud. I mean, if you can't, if if you've never heard me, it's like, yeah, but as, as all of you people out there know, like these are the best keyboards. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, you miss the IBM click responsive keyboard. Anyways, you can still get them though. These these beautiful things, but they're really loud when you're trying to record. So, uh, anyways, the, uh, you're you're making the point about analysis process and the I, the Eisenhower matrix is what I yep. recommend people use to get out of it. It's an old tool, yep. and it's is it urgent? Is it important? Yep. So, for instance, if it is something like I got to go to the bathroom, it's urgent and important. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't wait on that. It's going to do what it's going to do with or without your permission. So, get that done. Or um, I want to eat an ice cream bar. Is it important? No. Is it urgent? No. It's something I want to do. Now, some of you out there may argue with me and say, no, that is important. I need my my wife would argue with you on that one. She would have a different spot for uh, for ice cream as well. And the the thought is like, you've got to divide things up. And I get so frustrated watching people like um, adults and kids alike. Like, why are you doing that right now? Is it that a now thing or a later thing? Yeah. Like this does not need to be handled now. Right now, the dog is literally on fire. You need to go put the dog out. We don't need to like look at a picture. (laughs) Uh, That TikTok video is not that important. Like look over there. (laughs) Like there's this thing. Your food is burning. (laughs) You know, there. that's how you need to look at your schedule because you start thinking, I don't know what to do next. I'm just jumping from thing to thing to thing. Mm-hmm. And it's because you have deemed everything as urgent. Yep. That's how you know you're sitting there. Or I have too many important things, and I don't know which important thing to work on first. Well, which important <laughs> thing is urgent? Well, they're all urgent, and they're all important. Yep. Now you've got an analysis problem, and you got to go into our podcast episode on which ball to drop. Yeah. So you have to decide now when you think about which one can I drop and what are the consequences of that? What's the risk of that? And when you think about it in those terms, now you start to study that maybe your your idea of what was important was a little messed up. Mm -hmm. There are some clients that are more important than others. There are some issues that are more important than others. Mm -hmm. And when you really take that time to stop and think, you find out that, oh, I my priorities are messed up. Yeah. Because this is life, people. Nothing has equal priority. Yeah. And that that uh, that Eisenhower matrix is, is really cool. Now, I was working with one of our members of the day. We got off onto a tangent and we were talking through some of the stuff. And I think um, Stephen Covey, he, isn't he the one that does the uh, seven habits or I don't know, one of those uh guys kind of highly effective people there we go and i think he kind of repurposed that a little bit and maybe renamed it i was interested uh, i've 
read his stuff have been too long ago to kind of match it up. But, you know, this Eisenhower matrix, you know, has been around for a while. It may have some different names, but I would encourage you to go out and, you know, look that up because it's a really good way to, to prioritize this. But the, the fire reference that you made there, Adam, really brought up something that I kind of stumbled into early on in my career. So I'm a tech guy. I love doing tech work, right? But I've landed a really sweet job and I've got a great position at a local government. And, you know, I'm working there. I get to work with people. And one of the primary, um, you know, objectives was this new uh, network and software for their fire police department. And I found myself working with the fire department a lot. And I realized that there was a part of me that thought, hey, you ought to be a firefighter, right? You know, I'm still 20 something. Maybe I changed careers because I, I just loved working with those guys. But eventually I learned what it was that I really liked about those guys. They get to do all kinds of stuff. But when that alarm goes off, nothing else matters. All right. And it was so cool to work with them. I mean, they're sitting down to eat, you know, and they're they're reaching for for the, the roles or whatever. The alarm goes off and everything changes. Priorities realign immediately and they go take care of this stuff. And I think in our teams, we need to recognize that if you've got a team member that you can't get anything out of. Right. But they do amazing work sometimes. Maybe they're suffering from analysis paralysis. And it's the alarm that goes off. It's that ticket. It's the, you know, the servers down, the data centers offline, you know, whatever it is that causes them to focus and get really productive and do amazing work. Maybe we need to provide something that isn't a, you know, blaring alarm that everything drops and you go do this. Maybe we provide a better, you know, way for them to crawl out of this analysis paralysis and get work done consistently at this quality that they can do. Yeah. And you might be thinking like, well, I can't motivate my people. Like I did, they, they just don't do work. Like, okay, that's a leadership issue. Yep. Either one, they're a bad culture fit or they're in the wrong seat. Or you're not being clear on what their priorities need to be. Well, they need to figure that out. No, you're the leader. Unless it's a tier three, <laughs> tier four employee, you need to set priorities for them. That's how this works, people. That's why you pay extra big bucks for the tier three, tier four people because they have the independent thinking, the independent prioritization. If they're really good at solving firewall issues, they're just tier two. If they're good at prioritizing and organizing a threat analysis, that's where you're starting to get the tier three. So you as a leader need to spoon feed them. I'm sorry. It's the way it is. And that's how you get them out of analysis paralysis because they don't know how to make the decision. You have to show them consistently over years how you're prioritizing so that then they can act in the same way. Like, oh yeah, we always prioritize breaches. We always mm -hmm. prioritize downtime. It's obvious to you, you've been living this world for 20 years. How could somebody possibly not know this is a priority? They've been yep. in this world for maybe three years. They're, they're, they got an idea, but they're still scared. They're still worried about making the wrong decision. They don't have that self-confidence. You as a leader need to work with them and help them understand what the priority is, which one's urgent, which one's important. Yeah. Because as engineers, everybody knows we will spend eight hours on a non-urgent item 
because it's cool. Yes, because it's cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and that, you know, that deal that you mentioned about leaders, you know, some of them, they just get it. They, they know what to prioritize and they look at their team and they get frustrated because like, why don't you get this? Well, sometimes it's a maturity level. Sometimes it's just a visibility level. Um, and yes, it is going to be on the leaders to make sure that you are communicating those values to give your team the ability to prioritize that. And it, so recognize that when you see someone, why they do great work, but why are they working on that when we need to be over here doing this? And, yeah. you know, that that is where we need to to get them out. They're probably in some sort of analysis paralysis, but they'll be happy to get out of it. All right. You know, I love I love running down these rabbit trails. I actually like my analysis paralysis. That's a bad thing about it. Right. Because it's this information. It's this mm-hmm. understanding. It's, you know, and, yeah. and again, I, I justify it that, you know, it helps in the long run. That's debatable. But um, that that clarity makes everyone feel better. Right. Yes. When you when you are able to get things done. You know, at the end of the day yesterday, I was, you know, it was a, I almost time boxed my analysis paralysis. I'm getting better. All right. But at the end of the day, I was talking to my wife. I was like, all right, I got things done today. And I could list, you know, mentally all the things that I'd gone through. Like, yep, yep, we did that, did that, done, done. And that, that produces, you know, some, some positive, there's some endorphins in there. You talk about those, you know, you know, we get that hit sometimes that we've done things. We just got to make sure we're getting the right things done. And as a business leader, that that is your job to make sure that the right things are getting done. I should have started this podcast off with a little bit of a, how do you know you're stuck in analysis paralysis? Mm-hmm. If you, like we see this all the time from MSBs, like they'll come in gung ho with a demo. We're going to solve all these, these problems that they have on their items. They, they set this up for 2023. They're going to get a QBR process or a VCR process in place before the end of the year. They're going to kick it off in January and they're excited. Then ghost time, yeah. right? Like uh, they're going to set up for the end of the week and then they get they ghost. And we'll see them in like 90 days or we'll see them in 180. Yep. There's, there's a few slots we can predict that they're going to come back, but they've lost three to six months of yes. productivity because they got distracted. And I've got hundreds of emails here of people like, oh, sorry, I lost track of this. We're ready to re-engage. And it's because now the super important thing that you started off with in January, February has become urgent because it's freaking September, October, people. It's fourth Mm -hmm. quarter and you didn't get around to doing this objective for the year. So now this important thing has come to urgent. Now, how Mm -hmm. many things did you delay this year that all of a sudden have moved from important to urgent and important? Yeah. And now you're going to be just, you're going to be slammed trying to get all these things done. And it's because earlier on in the year, you were in analysis paralysis mode because you were fighting all these fires, these urgent items that that you ignored the important items. And Mm -hmm. now it's snowballed into where you are today. And it only gets worse, people, until a disruption occurs. You lose a major client and it forces you to have this, okay, we need to rethink things. Yes. Or you end up being um, overworked and somebody just has a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Things just... become part of your culture. And if you notice them, it's because you're stuck in a non-strategic way of thinking. You're in analysis process because you're not prioritizing important things at appropriate times. 
And it comes down to what Skip just said. You've got a time box. I will have my QBR process by the end of quarter one. Don't say 2023. Say quarter one. Yes. I will have it by March 1st or February 16th. Create a sense of urgency and then plan your strategy around that. Not artificially, but like, hey, we need to have this in place because I'm going to be meeting with clients in March to do these things. Well, and let that's me how you fix that. Yeah, uh, let me let me give you a little you know litmus test you can kind of run through, and, and it's technical. So you know we can do this pretty easy. If you look back at you know take the last quarter or maybe six months, and pull out your top two or three handful of tickets at by time. All right, you know so it's probably an easy report. Run through your PSA. You mean, hey, I need the top three tickets that took the most amount of time. If you look at those, I can almost guarantee you, you know, with the exception of some sort of external, you know, deal that you're just completely out of control for any ticket that was within your control. If you look at that, there's going to be a huge amount of time. But if you look back, you're going to be able to identify a point in time. You're like, had we prioritized the proactive element of this? Had we... Had we focused on getting the redundancy put in? Had we focused on checking the backup? Had we focused on, you know, these things that were important, but we didn't mark them as urgent, uh, but they were important and we didn't uh, deal with them. And then they became urgent and they cost more time. They cost more money to get done. So if you need a, and if you need a reality check, that's it. That's in your, your reports right now. You can go and look and see those, but you've got to understand that that that's technical. All right. Those are easy things we can put on the screen, but this applies to all parts of your business. And the part that we talk about all the time, it's much harder to report on that client relationship is just as impacted by all of this. While you can't put as easily a value to some of these, there are clients that you've lost deals that you more often than not, haven't been able to make the margin on that you should have because you didn't get in front of it earlier. You didn't prioritize the right things when you needed to be. So yes, skip rambles. And that is a bit of a rambling deal. But from the, the takeaway from that is if you want to make the future better, you've got to prioritize right now. Yeah. And you can't, as again, it's, it's, it's like Skip said, you can't say later. I'll do this later. Right. What is your problem today? You, you've you acknowledged the fact that you've been in firefighting mode, and I'm willing to bet a lot of you have been in firefighting mode for years, and you don't know <laughs> any other way. There is a better way. You should be able to sit down once a week and say, what are my priorities like for this week? Mm-hmm. And for me, that is our Tuesday morning level tense. Yep. That is That's our, exactly what I thought. That's exactly stand up every morning. And we mm-hmm. meet with those teams and we meet with our sales team on a Monday and say, what, what clients are we prioritizing this week? Who do we, who do we really love that we want to win over? And we're setting those important items and we want them to have done by the end of the week mm-hmm. or by the end of next week. So next mm-hmm. week we have it build it live. Um, so, you know, when we're recording this and, mm-hmm. It's like, what is the priority? Like Skip is notorious for like, hey, I'm going to do these things. Like, no, next week, the priority is IT build it. Like he's working yeah. on important things. 
And I do the same thing. I start working on something like, why am I working on this right now? And I reset myself in the middle of a meeting. Like I'll be like, oh crap, I, I, this doesn't need to be done till November. And so when you, when you're trying to prioritize and set things, look at what's coming up, get yourself out of analysis paralysis by saying, what do I need to have done this week? And what's going to get me ahead? Mm -hmm. So I, in particular, set those two times a week for my teams to get out of analysis process. And then personally, mm-hmm. I leave myself my Friday afternoons free. Yeah. Yep. And that gives me spillover. If I have had a successful week, I will be done by noon on a Friday. Mm-hmm. That means I prioritize my week appropriately. That means that I got everything done. And now I have a Friday afternoon with free thought. Yeah. That sounds crazy to a lot of you out in the MSB, like, having four hours to five hours of free time once a week, mm-hmm. that's impossible. No, that's dumb. You should be billing those hours. No, no. Be having those four hours to let your mind be free. So you can think about what do I need to prioritize for next week? Yep. So I know this week, giving that next week is a massively complicated week. This week we are packed. Like <laughs> we were just talking about it this morning. I'm like, Oh yeah out like five minutes to go to the bathroom before like the end of the day. Yeah. And, but we have that time because we strategically found a priority in that we need to IT build it next week. Here are the things we need to do. Here are the clients we need to close out this week mm-hmm. so that we can get and focus on clients next week. Yeah. Here are the items I need to have ready and printed and boxed up and ready to go so I can ship it in mm-hmm. the plane with me. And here are all the things I need to do. And so it's not a normal Friday for me. So these Fridays are, are rare where it's just packed all day long. Yeah. But I would say 75% of my Fridays, Friday afternoon is free. Yeah. And I, I've taken it as well. And it, it gets addictive. I, I really look forward to my Friday afternoons. My wife is like, you know, because she'll see that boxed off of my calendar. Uh, and she's like, oh, so we can go do this. I'm like, no, no, that's my time. You know, I, I get a, you know, I get to go and, and dig and do all these cool things. So it's addictive. And I think, you know, but back to that L10, I want to comment on that, that L10 that we do, you know, Tuesday mornings, our our leadership meetings with our team. And, you know, we don't always hit our dates. I went, well, maybe we don't hit our dates that often. I don't. Uh, But every week, whether we, whether we hitting them successfully or not, we're still working at it. So, I could go in there and say, hey, we're getting more successful. I've got at least a way to show and to keep the focus so that, yes, maybe things are a bit chaotic, but they're just at least a little bit chaotic than they used to be. And we're going to get this. We're going to make it better and better. I've got something to work on, something to improve it. So if you hear something like, you know, an L10 meeting or, you know, any one of these things, no, it's not going to be a magic bullet. It's not like everything's going to be great. But now you're going to have something to start with so that, you know, maybe it's months, maybe it's a year down the road. You'll at least be able to look back and go, all right, we started back there. And today things look much, much better. But if you're just waiting for them to get better automagically, sorry, how's that worked out so far? It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And it's, it's time. You have to consistently work with that Eisenhower matrix. You have to consistently set dates for yourself so that you can move forward. Because if you're just reactive, 
which a lot of you are because we're engineers. Yeah. If you're just reactive, solving problem, solving problem, solving problem, then you're out of control. If you want to gain that control, get out of analysis paralysis, you've got to set time. And it, it could be maybe Monday morning for you. It could be like Tuesday afternoon. Sometime yeah. on a regular basis consistently where you're reprioritizing your schedule, deciding, okay, we're going to drop that ball. We might lose that client, but yeah. that might be the cost of uh, doing business right now. Yep. And so you as the leader have to decide what your priorities are, what's urgent, what's important. So your team can mimic that over time. And then they will eventually over that consistent site of you um, prioritizing are going to start replicating that in their daily schedule. Mm -hmm. So again, you as a leader need to consistently prioritize uh, schedules and items and agendas so that your team can see you do it so they can replicate it over time. If yes. your team is disorganized, it's because the leadership is disorganized. And that is just a hard fact. There you go. Yep. yep. Analysis paralysis sucks, guys. Um, it's hard <laughs> to tell when you're in it. And if you find yourself frustrated and you need advice on how to get out of it, you can always reach out to us here, uh, Skip or I. And Adam would be the better one, but I can, I can, I can commiserate I love, with you. I love culture creation. I love uh, leadership design feel free to reach out to me. I will sit down and have a pint with you and we'll talk it through because this is hard stuff. This is not easy. And every situation is unique, but if you follow that urgency importance, it really does simplify things. There you go. All right. Thank you, Skip, for coming on today. And we'll see how this new recording style works for us. Yeah, we'll see. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, comment, and check out our Facebook page. Also encourage others who want to see IT transform to subscribe as well. We could always use your help.